0: Welcome to Rebel Health Radio, bringing the best in alternative and integrative medicine to your ears. Everyone. It's Patricia be Alchemy Therapies and My Emotional Audit here. And chapter two uh, of my review of the book On Tyranny by Timothy Schneider. Um, and chapter two is entitled Defend Institutions. These, by the way, if you haven't watched any of my previous videos, what these are about is the 20 principles that he has identified from the 20th century that might now apply in the 21st, about how to avoid tyranny, you know, how to avoid the collapse of democracy, which we are seeing. Uh, from events in the world in many ways. even even in the free West, we are now seeing uh, the collapse of institutions for sure um, because it's institutions that help us to preserve decency, that's what he says. And I think um, it it's like a meant to be an overseeing body that helps to whether it's the courts or um, the, the free press, Um, You know, the the unions in in this country, labor unions, um, they are meant to preserve a certain standard of ethics within the nation, which are separate from and independent of government and the would be uh, demagogues or tyrants or even um, narcissists preparing to take over uh, as we've seen um, more recently as well, and and his suggestion, Tim's suggestion is to choose something you care about and kind of defend it. And you know, I've tried to do that by writing to newspapers that I've seen um, parroting um, very divisive language against uh, certain groups of people with respect to their medical status, for instance, um, which I found so frightening. And and from the left, as well as, uh, you know, the more traditional uh, media, I I expected to respond in that way. But from the the left wing radical um, side of the media, I was so shocked when it was coming from that side as well. In fact, more vehemently in some cases from the left wing than it was from from the right wing. And... um, so I began to understand that our institutions, what we had taken for granted was under threat, is under threat right now in this time and place. Um, and because we tend to assume, don't we, that institutions will just carry on, like the BBC in the, in the UK has always been, it feels, uh, obviously that's not true, but it just in my generation, it feels like it's always been there and it always will continue to be there, but it's under a lot of uh, threat from funding, Problems um, because the old model is no longer working in a new era where people don't feel they need to have a uh, an archaic uh, TV license, for instance. So, um, but there is uh, I saw a film recently about uh, a true story of a man who actually fought that the TV license should be free for you know old age pensioners, as it was called then, or seniors, as we tend to call them now. Um, And that's that's a true story that happened in the 1960s, because that that was when after the war, a lot of people were struggling financially, particularly war veterans and people with disabilities from war or for other reasons. And he thought that was uh, the film is called The Duke. It's a very interesting film based on a true story. Um, And he defended the right of people to have free access to television which back then was the only media that was freely available and he he claimed it was like um having a friend in the living room which yeah these days we have the internet we have we have so many different outlets but imagine back in the 1960s that would have been probably very true and it still is true for a lot of elderly people so defending things like the bbc well i would have done that unquestioningly before this time now i see that the bbc are no longer what they were. Uh, they don't seem independent to me anymore. Um, some of the things they've come out with recently have been again, very divisive, um, uh, very parroting, very uncritical. So I think what we have to defend here is is the notion of debate, of the idea that people can differ and come to a consensus opinion. And where I'd like to start is that we have vested interests that have taken over our institutions, the very bodies that are supposed to look up look over um, law and um sort of public policy have been bought out that's been going on subtly and not so subtly more recently as as um institutions have become less and less able to fight their corner and more and more people are being put in positions of power who have vested interests for whatever reason in maintaining the status quo or even worse forcing a certain agenda on the population and this isn't you know it's just well known but maybe not so much by um, the the public who are following these edits from these institutions about what we should and shouldn't do without realizing that they're not they're not really independent anymore so just to make note that putting your trust and faith in something unquestioningly is an issue and was an issue in 1933, which is when Tim is looking at, you know, the period pre the war, the Second World War. So saying that a lot of Jewish leaders um, believe that, that the, the worst... Uh, possibilities of what the nazis wanted to do would never come to pass because the institutions would preserve that and protect them and of course that didn't happen because it's it's actually easier than you think to buy out an institution and um so i want to just read you a little bit and this was to do with the russian bolsheviks as well uh, because that was going on at the same time um, and lasted even longer the russian um or the ussr as it became the soviet union and of course that's very relevant now too. Um, sometimes institutions are deprived of vitality and function, he says, and turned into a simulcrum of what they once were so that they gird the new order rather than resisting it. So, in other words, they uphold and they become the scaffolding or the structure for these changes that we're seeing in public life, um, you know, lack of faith in our governments. Um, the idea that there's rules for one group of people and not for another, for the rich or the poor, um, depending on your medical status, uh, you can or can't enter a certain building, for instance, that's happening across Europe. Um, th- there are all sorts of do's and don'ts and us and them uh, status being affected at the moment. And so what happens is people tend to vote with the current arrangement because they believe it will preserve them in some way if they agree to some of the measures in order to get the longer game if you like that they will get freedom at some point and that is in actual fact what German Jews did when they voted for Nazis for the Nazi leaders um, and so it was in a vain hope that this gesture of loyalty would bind the new system to them and that was a vain hope all right, it did not come to pass that they were protected, as we know, and so it's a very short chapter, it's about um, three pages of a very uh, short book, but this is one of the most important books ever written, I think, in terms of our public arena now, Um, it's been reissued recently in a a bigger format with illustrations, but I've got the original one here, found bizarrely in a in a very strange place when I was browsing a secondhand bookshelf in a nature reserve of all places and there it was and I was like oh that sounds interesting just the title and I think honestly it has such an important lesson for us all right now to avoid tyranny and the destruction of democracy which is what we basically have to defend we can't allow institutions or governments to defend it for us um, because they are no longer accountable to us in the ways that they were there's no shame anymore in public life um, you can lie you can cheat you can um, not follow your own rules and you still stay in power so i would ask you to very carefully understand that that this is not now uh, a, a government that that cares much about what we think and in order to defend ourselves we have to do so at grassroots level and i think um, whether that's joining, you know, a local community group or it's uh, lobbying for certain policy changes, you can't afford to stay silent in this time. We need to defend a health service, for instance, away from, um, you know, becoming just an acute disease service, where there is one solution for everything and seeing people holistically, which of course is something I work towards when I work with people. You know, I don't just treat them as a condition or whatever they're suffering from but I look at their whole life and what's brought them to this point and that's a really really key thing that we're missing in the health service right now and could do with more of so uh, I hope you found that interesting as ever do contact me if you want to comment below please do and take care everyone and see you soon for chapter three bye for now bye-bye Hope you enjoyed listening to Rebel Health Radio. Do subscribe and look forward to catching you soon.